Hey y'all, welcome to episode 5 of A Good Word Podcast. I'm your host, Tay, and this is your weekly good word about life, love, spirituality, and all manner of who knows what I come up with through the lens of black womanhood. Y'all ready, ready? I miss y'all. Let's get going. So last Thursday, I did not upload a show. Um, so that show has become this episode, number five, essentially. Um, today's episode is Stress, Black Bodies Under Pressure, um, which is kind of, I'm just realizing, weird because I didn't record last week or upload last week because I was a little bit stressed um I was telling you guys I was having some technical issues when I was trying to record and that was just so frustrating and then um I started watching the documentary that I was talking about called One Nation Under Stress um on HBO by Sanjay Dr. Sanjay Gupta Um, that's what I wanted to discuss and I started watching it and child, I was that stressed me, (laughs) but we'll get into that later. That's, that's the topic of today's show. So, but I just wanted to address really quick the, uh, delay in the show last week, um, So I guess to kind of just segue into this little piece of news, um, I have decided to make the podcast bi-weekly instead of weekly, um, just so that I'll give myself a little bit more time to research and um, just give you guys like a quality show. You know, I don't want to try to do it every week and just pick some random whatever topic just to be able to get a show out um also I do not want to drive myself up the wall so this is for the preservation of a little bit of my sanity um and to make sure that I am putting out the type of words and work and providing the type of service that I started this podcast to be able to offer. Um, So yeah, that's that. Moving right along. um, I just... Okay, let's talk about happy stuff. (laughs) So this is... Let's get on into sights and sounds. How about that? Sights and Sounds is the segment of the show where I talk about what I have been watching and or listening to. Um, I already told y'all we was going to talk about Game of Thrones. That has not changed. (laughs) We are going to talk about Game of Thrones until it is over. And probably after that as well. But um, what I really want to know first is, did y'all listen to this Ventura album that I told y'all about last week by Anderson Pog or nah or yes anybody? I love this album so much, y'all. I can't stop listening to it. And when I was listening back to last week's episode or last um, episode four I should say because there was no episode last week but um episode four when I said I was putting the snippet of the song on Ventura called come home (laughs) I think it was like the whole song I was cracking up y'all I'm sorry I don't know (laughs) it was supposed to insert the um 
edited little, you know, snippet, 30 second, whatever. So I know what a snippet is, guys. I don't know how it played for you all, but I thought that was hilarious. Um, but anyway, moving on from that, what I listened to this weekend, this past week, was just I was all over the place but um I was listening to Thundercat if y'all don't know who Thundercat is I don't know what to tell you child but here goes a snippet so that ladies and gentlemen is Thundercat I love him. Um, That song is called Them Changes, and that's on his album titled Drunk. Um, I think that's the same album that Lava Lamp is on, which is another dope song. So check Thundercat out. He is pretty cool, man. Um, What else? That's it. I don't... The sites portion of this is going to be covered in the topic because we... We're going to talk about this documentary um, that I watched. But right now, we're going to talk about how you can take good care of yourself, my dear. We are going to talk about essential oils and essential oil, not more than one. But I think that kind of might be the thing just because herbalism and oils and things of that nature as a healing tool and modality is that's my thing it's what I do is you know so I'm gonna try to help you guys like I help myself let's get into it so for today's take good care segment i want to talk about one of my favorite essential oils and that is bergamot um bergamot is i guess you can say it's kind of in the citrus family um it does smell very citrusy it smells so good um (laughs) but um it's good for helping to reduce stress and anxiety um it can actually stimulate specific hormones in your body like serotonin and dopamine um which we know uh or maybe we don't know but um serotonin and dopamine are um the chemicals that are often um i guess i want to say like replicated in antidepressants and anti and antidepressant medication so if you think about like those old commercials where they show like the little happy little serotonins and dopamines bouncing in between I can't remember I have no idea what that is I can see it in my mind but yes anyway bergamot helps to stimulate those in our bodies naturally um so obviously essential oil is not a replacement for medication especially something that might be prescribed by your doctor um but on this show we talk about natural ways to help heal your body and strengthen your body and your mind and your spirit and all that so no I'm not a doctor I'm not a psychologist psychiatrist any of that I'm just your neighborhood home girl trying to help y'all and tell you what has worked and is working for me to hopefully help make your life a little bit better okay so um another just uh, important piece though that i do want to mention for real about bergamot oil is that um you want to if you apply it to your skin because you can apply it topically i always say use a carrier oil so like if you mix it with like almond oil or coconut oil whatever you prefer as opposed to just putting it on your skin directly um but anyway with bergamot and really with any citrus oil so lemon orange anything like that 
those oils tend to be photosensitive and that means that they're sensitive to the sunlight so if you have that on your skin and you're exposed to the sun for any extended period of time um, it's a possibility that it could burn your skin so you want to be careful with that like don't put it on and go directly out into 80 degrees and beaming sun down on your skin you know give it a couple of hours if you're gonna if you need to go outside apply it at least a couple hours before you do just to be safe um and what else oh there's also a compound in bergamot oil i can't remember what it's called i know it starts with the b you can do your googles and find it but that particular compound um is important to note because if bergamot oil is exposed to the skin i mean not to the skin to the sun um that compound in it can be can make the oil become poisonous so yes generally when you get essential oils or purchase them from wherever (laughs) excuse me they come in darker colored glass bottles so it's generally going to be a darker blue cobalt blue or a dark brown color and that is because some essential oils are very sensitive to the sunlight so those dark bottles help to kind of eliminate some of those sun rays being able to get to the oil so if you do have oils store them in a cool dark dry place you know and that should help them last as long as they possibly can for you um so the last couple pieces about bergamot oil is that it is safe to ingest um if you like teas like i do bergamot is um uh an ingredient i guess in earl gray tea which is really good um it's a darker brew tea but you can just put a couple drops if you're feeling stressed into whatever type of tea that you are drinking. Um, you can use it as a massage. You can rub it on your temples if you're feeling stressed. And my favorite, favorite way um, to just use my essential oils is in my diffuser. I love it i will talk about diffusers forever and ever i hope all y'all go buy one and write me and tell me how much you love it because they are so great for so many things just to um ingest the oils or the uh, aromatherapy is essentially what it is you know so check out a diffuser look on amazon um and try it and tell me what you think okay so that wraps up the take good care segment i hope that this is helpful for you guys and that um it's practical enough that you can actually try it and see a difference in whatever area you you know might need a little bit more support in all right history may 2nd 1844 elijah mccoy was born in ontario canada Uh, elijah mccoy is a great inventor if you've ever heard the phrase the real mccoy guess who it was coined for you guessed it so um his parents fled slavery on the underground railroad um to Canada um they later moved from Canada to Ypsilanti Michigan um Elijah McCoy was sent to Scotland which is dope like for back in those times especially but he was sent there to study Uh, he became a mechanical engineer while he was there um He eventually came back to Michigan and began working for the Michigan Central Railroad, where he was a fireman and an oiler. Um, 
and it was in that position that he invented one of his probably most famous products which was a lubricating cup to oil the axles on the train to keep it kind of running smoothly for longer periods of time without having to stop for maintenance um, so often um, he in his lifetime had I think near like close to 60 patents um, his name unfortunately did not appear on the majority of those because of course um, back in the mid and late 1800s you know black people were still treated like nothing unfortunately so um he was he didn't have the money to manufacture his inventions himself so he had to uh, end up selling a lot of the products um to people who did have the money to manufacture them so that they can be produced um towards the end of his life he did establish his own manufacturing company um and then he passed away. He died, actually, and is buried in Detroit. He passed in 1929 in Detroit. Shout out to my city. Peace to Elijah McCoy. And that is Today in Black History. topic today which is once again stress black bodies under pressure um when I initially felt like this is what I wanted to do a show on um I had said that I was gonna watch the documentary called uh one nation under stress by Dr. Sanjay Gupta it's uh on HBO so I started watching it just to start my research and okay let me back up hold on my views on this documentary are obviously my own views my feelings, my thoughts, my, all of that, just upon watching this, and I guess expecting one thing and getting something, (laughs) something way different, um, so my views might be a little bit controversial, you know, it is what it is, I feel how I feel about it, and you know, I'm going to say what I have to say and what I need to say about it. Um, the thing about my podcast and that I always want to stress, and one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because as a black woman um, and a black person in America, but first a black woman, it's important that people that look like me and have an experience similar to mine in this space and time that we're in right now need a place that we can go to talk about the issues and the concerns that are for us you know we don't have the support we don't have the outlet we don't have the um I I don't know what word I want to use but it's just not available so anyway it is but it's this podcast is for that that's my goal to cater to and to serve you know black people this is a black ass podcast it just is I can't say it any other way than that I'm not saying that um it's not available and open to 
whoever chooses to listen to it and would like to listen to it. What I am saying is that I can't cater to anybody else's feelings when I'm speaking the truth and what pertains to me and my folks. And that's that on that. So moving on, um, this documentary, I went into it really thinking that it was going to be, you know, talking about what it says, a nation under stress. You know, we, it is America and it's, uh, it's number 45 is running America right now. So, you know, we're all dealing with that. But when the documentary, it opened with uh, a coroner's office and this particular coroner, you know, was performing the autopsies as he would and going through all of that and one of the young ladies on the table I think she was 20 years old and she had well let me trigger warning I do I'm sorry let me stop myself and say trigger warning I am going to be talking about um suicide and drugs and you know things of that nature um drinking addiction and and all of that so if that's something that could possibly be a trigger for you I don't want to have that happen to anybody who might be sensitive to those things so just be aware if you want to skip or fast for past this um I'll probably be talking about it for the next five six seven minutes so you know I just wanted to put that out there um so the young lady was 20 years old and she had committed suicide um so that was the opener just to say you know okay hey this is obviously people are going through a lot of stress so we continue on the same way um and the gentleman says well well he has done 556 autopsies I think at that point where where they were in the year when they were recording and over 300 of those were drug related deaths um and then it went to another portion where it was talking about the CDC says that middle-aged whites have the highest or increase what are called deaths of despair. So these are high rates of overdose, of suicide, of like opioid overdose specifically, uh, cirrhosis of the liver. So obviously these things are linked to uh, cirrhosis of the liver, you know, linked to alcoholism, drinking and things of that nature. And opioid overdose could be in the form of pills or um they mentioned uh hold on guys what is the name oh hydrocodone and oxycontin 4.7 of the world's population this is a quote um and i am i have like these statistics because i was just kind of floored by that and we'll get to the part where i had to I was just done with the whole documentary, but (laughs) Um, 4.7% of the world's population is that the United States is 4.7% of the world's population. And we take 80 to 90% of the world's hydrocodone and Oxycontin per Dr. Sanjay Gupta. This is a statistic that he gave on the documentary. And that just blew me away like wow we're 4.7 percent of the population we take 80 to 90 percent of those drugs like there's something wrong with that on so many levels where we talk about like big pharma where they push these pills out where you know you go to the doctor and no there's not a pill for everything but you know depending on the situation you know you might be able to get these pills depending on who you are um but where they lost me was that 
the doctor who the same doctor who had performed the autopsy at the opening of the documentary says and I quote him most Americans don't understand that whites from 35 to 55 years old are proportionately under more stress than the rest of the population of the United States basically <laughs> and my question is how that to me is so like incredibly pretentious to to fix your mouth to say that that group of people is proportionately more stressed than the rest of the people living in the United States there is no way is no way I literally paused the teeth like paused it like wait a minute what he say and as I went on watching the rest of the documentary I had to stop it at like 15 20 minutes in I just I literally had to stop it and I couldn't watch anymore because it was so ridiculous and one-sided I just was like floored like this cannot be a real thing and for Dr. Sanjay Gupta to be a man of color this is an Indian a man of Indian descent for him to okay let me just keep let me just go because I don't want to get hung up on that (laughs) but so from there like I Put the documentary down I had to pick it back up because I just had to get my mind wrapped around watching this documentary and going into it thinking it was going to be one thing and just being like kind of blindsided when it wasn't so I wasn't I was not ready so um like okay so stress we we Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. The thing is this. I don't believe that middle class or working class white people are more stressed than any black or brown person living in any city in any state in America period and I don't understand how I'm talking about like chronic stress y'all I'm not talking about like a stressful situation happening in your life that popped up on you I'm talking about stress chronically stress when you lay your head down at night and that same stress is waiting on you when you open up your eyes in the morning like a certain level of stress I think is like necessary and good it's like that fight or flight thing where we need those quick flashes of like adrenaline I guess to if we're in a situation or if we need to react in a certain way like okay yes we need that that's a natural instinct that we have and they talked about that on the documentary as well just like animals you know what I mean they have that same instinct they have almost the same chemical that we do when it's time to take action for for one reason or another that's a normal thing but when you're un under stress and you're in stressful situations day in and day out and you know this has gone on for years I'm talking about years of trauma I'm talking about years of stress I'm talking about compounded you know we carry that in our cells and our DNA the stress and the trauma and the horror that our ancestors went through our bodies remember that you know we didn't lose that so we carry that 
and we carry everything else that we done gathered up on our backs through this life as well. So, you know, okay, another quote. I'm sorry, y'all. This is just like got me frazzled. I'm just, I really had to get myself together to be able to record this because I feel like it's some bull. And I want us to have a better understanding of like what this is to be able to name the things that we're dealing with. So there was another doctor on this, uh, on the documentary, Dr. Robert, I think his last name was Zapolsky. He wrote a book called Baboon Worlds. Um, and he said, quote, what makes psychological stress really corrosive is lack of control lack of predictability lack of social support if you are chronically stressed you chronically increase your blood pressure why that sound to you lack of control lack of predictability lack of social support like that's do black people have control in this society Do black people have a predictable life? Do black people have social support? More or less. And then ask yourself, do middle class or working class white people that are supposedly more stressed than us have those concerns? To me, the answer is y'all got it backwards. Like, what are you talking about? What resources do we have in this society? Really? Where are we on the totem pole in this society? Where have we been placed on the totem pole in this society? And that's not to say that we can't rise from any place that any person might think that they have us in. But I'm saying historically speaking, and now in 2019, where do black bodies sit on this totem pole it certainly ain't above middle class whites man woman or cheering like you gotta be this is on a these are like doctors y'all these people don't went to school and this is what y'all out here talking about it makes it doesn't I can't it does not that doesn't compute for me that's not my truth that's that doesn't sound logical to me like if you open your eyes and just take a look over the last just just, let's let's just even say 50 years there's no way that this could be true It's, I can't. And then, okay, here's where I turned the documentary off because for me, this quote, okay, I mentioned deaths of despair earlier where they were calling these deaths, deaths of despair, and they were seeing the increase. So there's another doctor named Anne Case. Um, Okay, so she says, quote, if you treat people in a really shabby way for long enough, bad things start to happen to them. That happened to African-Americans forever. It started to happen to whites without a high school, without a high school degree. or less, or I'm sorry, with a high school degree or less, starting probably in the mid-70s, and now bad things are happening to both those groups. So basically, I kind of messed up that quote. I'm sorry. But what she's saying in a nutshell is, so she brings up bad things happen to African Americans forever, and then it started to happen to whites without a high school degree with a high school degree or less in the mid 70s how 
how does what happen to black people number one qualify as shabby (laughs) i would call slavery like the enslavement of living breathing beings and bodies i would call that a lot of things but shabby don't come to mind the rag that I use to dust off my damn furniture is shabby. You understand what I'm saying? And you would liken the African-American experience in this country to white folks not being able to get a job with a high school degree. Unless starting in the mid-70s. And then bad things started to happen to both those people. Girl, if that ain't your white privilege is showing sis you gotta tuck that in like what are you talking about I'm (laughs) oh boy it's that is such like a slap in the face to put it mildly this this is stressful hearing people say that and just and just disregard hundreds of years of slavery enslavement and you want to boo who on this damn documentary about what happened to white folks in the mid-70s. Child bye. So, okay. That, 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 I turned the documentary off on that part, y'all. I was too done. I was just so through. And, but it's such a, and then I started to think to myself, like, okay, Yes, I feel like I'm having this emotional reaction to what's being said and just the carelessness of these words that y'all are throwing around trying to, you know, you got your PhD and all your lovely letters and all this behind your name and you still don't make no damn sense. You still talking nonsense and tomfoolery. But should I be surprised or shocked is what I had to really, like, ask myself. Like, it's discouraging and it's disgusting and it's disappointing. But surprising, it is not. So, you know, they had one black gentleman, one, on this documentary and he was Dr. Charles E. Moore um, of Grady I think it's Grady Memorial Hospital but anyway um, he mentioned again that of uh, the chronic stress for black people and um, that he thinks that the increase that they're seeing in these deaths of despair is because you know, these type of hardships, like losing your job, getting laid off, not knowing how you're going to feed your kids and, you know, pay your bills and this, that and whatever, you know, these type of things, when the economy started to crash and, you know, all those, the there was a recession and everything was horrible for everybody, unless you, you were shown of rich. This was new for middle-class working whites. So now this is acute stress for you. This is just been dropped in your lap. So you done picked up drinking and, you know, doing whatever. Assuming, okay, because they said that there was a spike and an increase in these in these sorts of deaths and illnesses and whatever. So his assumption and was that this is a new phenomenon for y'all. So it's hitting you harder and you're finding you're trying to find ways to cope and you know and this is the result deaths of despair which to me seems kind of logical okay he also said that the life expectancy for African Americans is three years less than whites 
three years less. And it's, it's, but our suicide rates are lower. Like, think about that. In the United States, more people die by suicide with a handgun than by homicide. And that's gone up 30% in the last 17 years based on information from this documentary. Suicide with a handgun. More people die by more than homicide. Think about that. Like, these are... These statistics mean something, at least to the logical mind. To your to your common sense mind, and I know common sense ain't common, but if you just try to use a little bit, I promise it can take you far. Um there's I think one more doctor that I want to talk about who her name was Dr. Rajita Sinha. And she was a neuroscientist at the Yale Stress Center, and she talked about uh, how they gathered data from um, subjects that they put. It almost looks like a little CAT scan, but they put the little uh, nodes and stickies on your face, um, and they are essentially monitoring like your brainwave activity um, while showing you or showing them, the subjects, stressful scenes or traumatic pictures and stuff like that to elicit a stress response in this subject right so um through these trials they were able to find that the amount of stress in the particular subject they were studying the amount of stress in their life has affected their brain mass in some areas so what that means is like chronic stress can reduce the size of of your brain in certain parts like it can, it it's damaging your brain essentially like if you have this repeated stress 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 which is okay so PTSD for example if you look at a brain scan, you know, the ones where they show you the picture of your brain, where it's normal, it just kind of looks like this grayscale picture, or you might have like a couple of little areas of red or yellow, whatever. But when you have a lot of brain activity, it's like different colors, um, just kind of like all lit up. And that's what that looks like. So you can tell the differences. And um, if you just Google that, it's kind of interesting to see the different effects that certain things have on your brain to visually see how that looks um but when it comes to stress the documentary explains that the part of your brain that is affected the most is the prefrontal cortex so this part of your brain is very sensitive to stress it causes your just the synapses in your brain the little uh you know, if you see a video of a brain where it looks like little light beams, just like along these little highways, and they're just going, pew, 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 it causes them to misfire or to stop working altogether. So they disconnect from the network, basically, that is your brain. The brain is a computer, basically, right, if you put it in those terms. So it's shutting down certain parts when the prefrontal cortex is faced with like these stressful situations um over long periods of time so the way the stress affects our bodies when people say stress kills like it really does it affects your you know of course your heart health it affects your mental health it can affect your blood pressure it can affect um just every area of your life it can make your hair fall out you know it can make you lose weight I know I've been so stressed where I my friends were like girl are you losing weight and I didn't even realize it you know but the way that stress is stress is 
a monster, you know. And I think that this documentary really had an opportunity to highlight that and highlight stress itself. And I think it went the other way of making stress sound like it was a problem for white America. So I think it really missed the mark and it dropped the ball. And I was really disappointed by that. And so my goal was to just, you know, make this. I had to kind of rework the whole episode, which is fine. Um, It's just, it's unfortunate that, you know, when we talk about stress and trauma in the african-american communities in this country and our lack of resources and the stigma around mental health and you know just what's available to us i feel like we're not even really seen you know what i'm saying like to have that uh, a hour documentary and to have one black doctor to speak about the things that i'm speaking about right now for maybe five minutes in the remainder of your doctor documentary is talking about why white America is so stressed. It's like, are you serious? What about black people? What about brown people? We're not stressed. We're not as stressed, more stressed than the people that you're highlighting in this documentary. Like, for a diet, that just really showed me how, like, where we are in this country. I feel like we just, we don't, you know, we're constantly devalued and looked over and we still soldier on, we still strong, you know, we still just we make it because that's what we've always done that's what we know how to do but you know they mentioned that your empathy decreases when you're stressed so and it does you know you think you're in survival mode you're thinking about yourself it's really like that fight or flight so you can't really be sensitive to other people's wants or needs or things like that where you may usually be when you are stressed so look at these the black and brown communities where they say oh uh homicide rates are higher oh they still they do this that and the third and whatever and you know being a product of your environment is one thing but when you don't have any resources and this is what you see and this is what you know you know yeah you're affected by that it's like a snowball effect like you're living in poverty you're you're trying to make ends meet you you're doing whatever whatever your situation is everybody's situation might not be that dire but you know i'm saying there are people in the country that live that way so this is your constant reality you are going to become desensitized you're compiling stress on top of stress on top of stress on top of stress with no outlet and then you're you know what do you do it's just it's really disheartening and um i don't know i'm not um So per, in my research, like per the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, I read that it says African-Americans are 20% more likely to experience serious mental health problems than the general population. And they got that information from the Health and Human Services Office of Minority Health. Like, so period. So African-American youth who are exposed to violence are at a greater risk for for PTSD and that's like by 25%. So we have this stress, right? We're dealing with this. We're 20% more likely to have a serious mental health concern than the general population. Who's the general population? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on, what? It's so important for us to do our research and to listen to what's being said around us, to see what's going on around us, and to start to take responsibility to take better care of ourselves period we have to make sure that we're healthy we have to make sure that if there's things that we can be doing to alleviate stress from our lives we're trying to do that if that means changing your diet do that if that means changing um your bedtime because you need more rest do that You know, just consider, look at the areas in your life where you feel like your stress comes from. Is it money? Is it relationships? Is it work? You know, we can't wait on anybody else to take care of us as black men and women and I'll say it always especially as black women because I feel like black women are so beat down in this society and and uncared for and overlooked and nobody's gonna care for us you know people don't give a damn if we stressed clearly not even the doctors <laughs> and and that's not it's it's sad but it's true so you know that's that i don't know i don't give a damn about what sanjay gupta talking about in his documentary because he on some bull i'm not buying that you know i know what i see i know what i've experienced and it's not none of these conversations that these people are having around stress and I feel like if you're not a black person you can't speak to the stress or the experience of black people period which they didn't like I said they gave us five minutes so if you want to watch it watch it it is some interesting information in there I'll say that but I felt like like I said it was very pretentious it was very you know centered on white America which is not how I experience the place that I live in so that is not relevant to me it ain't pertinent to me and they could have kept it so yeah that's that we can now move on we are going to start wrapping the show up so let's get into some astro talk my favorite talk so this coming saturday may 4th we will be entering a new moon in taurus i love taurus i am a taurus moon actually um (laughs) astrologically but um the sign of taurus is the bull we know that so taurians can be a little bit stubborn and stuck in their ways no shade Taurus like I said I'm a a Taurus moon so this is including me okay um but the thing about that is just stubborn and stuck in their ways but they also need stability so with it being a new moon in Taurus um I don't know who this is for but what I am hearing is you need to release the need for control um okay you cannot control everything that is happening in this life i know we want to you know you do have some control but the fact of the matter is some things are simply out of our control we can control how we respond to them but we cannot necessarily control what has happened what is happening or what will happen you feel me so 
you know, release the need for control. You know what that means. Stop. You can't, you know, some don't be a control freak. Let's just use that term. Just relax. Okay. Taurus rules the neck, the throat, the vocal cords, all that throat area. So you get your throat chakra popping. You know, you might feel the need to uh, have certain conversations about certain things. Um, or even with yourself, but just watch your words right now. Um, watch your self-talk. Watch how you engage with others and just check your energy. You know what I mean? A new moon is typically a time to release things. Um, so what I challenge you to do at this point is just to um, acknowledge whatever areas you think need to be addressed right now examine that and then take whatever action you feel like you need to take you know if you need to release some things during this new moon do that write it down on a piece of paper what you want to release what you want to let go of what you want to change what you know you would like to adjust write it out Make it real where you can see it, you know. It's all right. This is, you know, where it's, well, I don't even want to tell y'all what time it is while I'm recording. I always seem to record super, super late. Uh, But I don't know. I'm just a night thinker. I'm really a night person. So here I am. Anyway, that's beside the point. The point is you and making the most of not just the new moon, but, you know, every day and just becoming aware of your body, of your mind, of your spirit, and and doing what you know you need to do for yourself. I feel like we inherently know what we need. It's just that some of us need to be guided back to that some of us are so programmed that we've forgotten some of us are so comfortable that we don't even care you know but it's important to care so yes anyways that's astro talk that's what's going on with the moon coming up if you have new moon rituals do that take care of yourself love on yourself taurus is ruled by venus so that is you know, the planning of love, of beauty, of all the good, good, good stuff. So the theme is still inner work. So, you know, give that stuff to yourself. Take care of yourself. Love on yourself first and always. And we're going to wrap this thing up, y'all. Mm-hmm. Show it. out with a little poem if you don't mind um just in keeping with our theme of stress how it affects us and if you listen back to my self-care stuff episode I just talk about that just popped in my head a couple ways that you can help to really reduce stress which are all tied into self-care all this works together if you haven't noticed yet but anyway the quote goes many of us have been running all our lives practice stopping and that is by Thich Nhat Hanh who is awesome 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 yeah but we have we're so busy 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 we're you know pulled this way and that way and we oftentimes do need to just check in and be more mindful and you know y'all know I'm gonna tell y'all to meditate um and just stop you know for a little while slow down allow yourself to have a little bit of ease and and release some of that stress if and where you can you know so that's it for our show we done I'm gone um thank you thank you thank you all as always 
for supporting me, for listening. I hope um, that this is helping you like it helps me just to talk and kind of be here with y'all. If you have questions, comments, concerns, um, suggestions for shows, um, what if you want to ask me for advice, I give good advice that I don't necessarily take. (laughs) I'm that friend. I'm that Pisces friend. But um, you can email me at a good word pod, a g o o d p o d at gmail.com. Um, our Instagram is the same. That Instagram handle is exactly the same. You can come there, comment, send me DMs, whatever, whatever. Um, you can listen to us on your favorite platforms to listen to podcasts on Thursdays. Remember, y'all, it is um, every other Thursday now. So we won't meet back again until next next Thursday, which is May 16th. And I think on that show, I've been reading, um, I'm almost done actually on Audible, The Color Purple by Alice Walker. And y'all, the movie is the movie, okay? But the book is something else. So I don't know. Um, Check me out on Instagram at a good word pod. And I will give y'all updates about what our next show is going to be talking about. Much peace and sending y'all love, love, love until we meet again. Take good care of yourself. Y'all be good.